Hey everyone. <clears throat> um, so I think one of the what you're really arriving to. This is this actually sort of a very. It comes sort of towards the end of everything. You're not just going. Okay, so you're going into the medicine to heal, but you're actually going into the medicine. That's what you think you're going in for. But what you're actually doing is to cleanse and uncover and find your little girl or your little boy. In the end, you know, after all this sort of massive sort of odyssey, this really treacherous journey back through the medicine, and it's treacherous if, it's, if there's been severe trauma because there's so many layers and energies and conditions and stories and fear. <clears throat> which is all actually the glue of everything is fear. But actually what you're doing is returning back to the little boy or the little girl that was left abandoned and terrified. And what I realize in all this, you know, treacherous seeing and terror and abuse and horrific people and oh, just and feeling unsafe and exposed, in the end, all of this is a cover for not really feeling and seeing the real horror and truth. And that is of an unloved, vulnerable, terrified little boy or little girl. That's what all our addictions are about. That's what all our cover-up and our you know, let me make a zillion dollars so I can live in a castle and pretend none of this happened. You can't run from it. You can't cover it up enough. It's always going to be there. It's always, that's it. That's what you're returning to, is that little tiny baby, that little tiny toddler, alone, terrified, unloved, unseen, knowing that no one's going to show up and hoping in every second that somebody will. Um, there was this marvelous Zen koan that this uh, teacher said, and it was, um, it was a Zen master or whatever, said, you know, the great thing is to ultimately live in hopelessness. And at first I thought, that's a horrific saying. How can you ask somebody to be in hopelessness? But I think <clears throat> now in retrospect, I understand what it means is, is you have to give up all your versions of who you are, all your hopes of what's really going to show up. You, you have to relive in reality. Zen is about being in meditation and a bit about being here with all of the truth. A child cannot be there with all of the truth. The terror of that little boy, that little girl, is, 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 is beyond compare. It's little, it's vulnerable, it's powerless, it's terrified, it's exposed, it's unsafe. That feeling is ultimately where you're going in all of this, is the moment you felt that. <clears throat> That is the biggest, most overwhelming 
terrifying feeling for a child. And children sense everything, they see everything. And everything was just a cover up for that, right? So here you are, you're helping others, saving others, doing whatever, but there's this little boy and girl that's been completely abandoned and refused. Because you have to save somebody or you need to be hurt or somebody's gonna whack you or whatever. It's all cover-ups for that little boy or that little girl because in this scenario of being dropped off in the fucking middle of a war zone or in the treacherous stormy sea, in the middle of that, there's no one. It's that feeling. I think that's the feeling all of this is trying to avoid, all of this effort to fix people, to make them work, is to, to basically try to make an impossible situation work. But you can't focus on the feelings <clears throat> of that abandonment. You can't. You've got to focus on figuring out how to get them to fix them so that they get to fix you. That's in the end what you're trying to do. You're like, well, I'm in this terrified vulnerable, powerless place. Let me focus on making them work. But it's a hopeless journey. They're never going to show up. It's like the first date, right? You kind of know the first time you meet someone, it's like, meh, right? If, if they're not at their best behavior on the first date, then forget it, right? It's the same thing. But the child's hope is, well, okay, that feeling is horrific to feel. Horrific. <clears throat> so then your next recourse is, well, no one's showing up, so I'm going to figure out what needs to happen here so I get them to show up. And in my case, it was people that couldn't hack it. They were, it was a coward and a loser and... She was a child. There was, it, they were, I was completely exposed. They were no one. They felt it. I smelt it. I inhaled it. So I figured, I'm going to make them powerful. It's my job to fix them. So you, you abandon your little girl. You're, you just abandon them. You go, right, your interaction now. We're, okay, I'm going to, this is an untenable situation. We're all going to die. I'm going to fix them. Somehow I get to have some kind of safety, some kind of love, but nothing shows up still, but you're still doing it. It's like you keep filling an empty well. Oh, I'm going to be sent out to be abused. Oh, this is horrific. This is awful. Okay, but I've got to save them. You're alone. And in the end, you know, the mattresses, you know, a thousand mattresses over the pea, right, is a princess story. It is, it's a thousand layers of stories and versions and attachments and connections and all this cover-up, which is ultimately avoiding the real burning truth, the real wound. The real wound is your little abandoned child with no one, 
That's the feeling you don't want to feel. That's the feeling you have to get to. Right? Why do we stick a needle in our arm? Because you want to, what do they say when you take heroin? It's like being at home, you feel so warm and loved and fuzzy. Of course you do. Who are you trying to make warm and loved? Your little girl, your little boy, your child. You're trying to find comfort, someone that will take care of them. Someone. Even when you're 62, someone. You need someone to take care of them. To, to make them feel loved, secure. Now, it becomes problematic, it certainly was for me, when you're creating relationships to do that, right? So the job of that security and love was supposed to be a parent, but that parent never showed up. So that child was left exposed and vulnerable and powerless. And for me, my relationships were people who would create safety, right? They were sort of stand-ins for, for those, those parents, really, in the end. Which, again, for me, whilst it felt really good, was still avoiding seeing, right? You've got to... And, of course, relationships are so important to, make, to nurture us and make us feel good. But the difference was that I would do anything to get that, put up with anything, and I did, to feel that love and safety. And that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be part of a relationship. Like, I'm willing to accept all of this shit so I get this. No, that's, again, you know, there are healthy relationships and there are unhealthy ones. But in the end, I realized all along, all along, I just wanted to not feel that absolute abandonment, the terror that that child felt in that. It's, it's like you're dropped off into a, a sea of sharks, really. It's like these little babies, you know, like on this raft in the middle of this fucking ocean surrounded by sharks, you know, and the She's on a little dinghy and the dinghy is, you know, is deflating. It's that feeling of like the fucking dinghy is deflating, the seas are rough and there are sharks everywhere. That's the feeling. That's why I feel like I was dropped off. They just, these people just left me in the middle of the ocean on a dinghy that's deflating, surrounded by sharks you know that you're going to die. You know that no one's coming. And everything I did from that moment on was a cover-up for that true feeling. Fixing them was a sort of way of not feeling what I was truly feeling. Being sent out to be abused and then you know, having to, again, 
refuse what was happening so they could survive was again another, another cover-up for that feeling. What they say is, it is not the trauma itself that's the most egregious thing. It's the fact that you're severed from the everything. You're severed from your true home. You're severed from source. In a ceremony this summer, um, the medicine at one point said to me, look around. We were in a ceremony, but there were about 15 people. And she said to me, these are all broken children. This is a hospital of broken children, of abandoned children. So as a child, if you arrive to that, you know, deflating dinghy in the middle of a raging ocean with sharks, you can't do anything. And that feeling is death. The feeling is overwhelmingly terrible. It's just, and so I, I, I can really and now fully understand that that's the thing that you don't want to face. That's the thing that you don't want to feel. That terror, that sadness, that aloneness, that separateness. There is no one because we all require a someone to see us, a someone to water us, to love us. Otherwise, the seed never leaves the ground. And not only do you not grow, but you remain in that little closet, you know, little, you know, your head in your knees, your knees hunched up to your chest, terrified, alone. That's what you're truly avoiding in all of this horror. You think when you're going to the medicine that you're going, you know, to see the trauma, to heal the trauma. But what the medicine ultimately is showing and opening and revealing is the thing that it's, it's, at, it's at, literally at the root of everything is the moment that little child felt it was over. Because it's a form of death to feel that you're here, exposed, vulnerable, abandoned, unseen. It's like, you know, being dropped off in the desert, surrounded by hyenas. That terror of being severed from everything, of being exposed and alone and abandoned and unloved. It's a wipeout. It's a total and utter wipeout. And so one of the things when you, you've been avoiding that your whole life really, that to sit there. And that's why we keep holding on and we keep connecting to these, you know, energetic sewers with all the same people, you know, because I think, we think if we leave, if we truly leave, if we truly give up all these plugins, you know, all these electrified connections of this energy that somehow we will end up there. 
I think that's one of the most um, poignant things that I've had to face. Yes, I had to face all the horror of being in these underground pedophile rings. I've had to face parents that were never there. Um, But one of the things that I've actually had to really face is the terror of that little girl in that moment, knowing that. That's something I never really let myself feel. And when you go off and do your own, or you decide, well, okay, you're gonna go through this whole journey, you're gonna abandon ship, so to speak, and you're gonna go trust the you you've never known and connect to the you you've never known and align with the you you've never known. In this sort of initial arrival to that, you understand that the terror you're feeling or the fear of doing you or aligning or creating the groove of your life is that it's a, the, the memory is of the same aloneness, right? The memory is of think about it, you know, as a child, there are no options. You either put up with it, hide it, sever from it, you know, negotiate it somehow into your system. You stay stuck in that energetic sewer, right? You have to. And you accommodate and you agree with it and suddenly you're in it all the time. You're, you're like, you're sculpted by it. You're, you make it work. And so it becomes your everyday language. It's like, you know, this very awkward, difficult shape that you've become to accommodate to all the difficulties of that environment, you've now settled into. It's like you're a jigsaw puzzle. You're a piece of that jigsaw puzzle. Wrong, um, you're in refusal, etc. But, you know, you, that's where you've grown, right? It's like growing around... There was that writer that talked about the crooked timber of humanity. I would say the crooked trestle that we have to build ourselves around, right? <clears throat> the whole thing is wrong. There's not one piece of it that works. But you're electrified there. You've been built there. That's where you found safety, although there's no safety. But there's something. It's like, no, there's not a full daylight, but there's a glimmer of light. Okay, so I'm going to stay here. So when you go through this process of cleansing and and removing of all these layers that you've accommodated and you get to the actual moment that you were severed and you recognize that, oh, fuck, I'm, you know, it's this is terrifying, I'm all alone. That's the first thing you feel when you kind of leave, that, you know, when you start creating your path or refusing that old mechanism, you're going to feel the very same thing that you felt when you were dropped off in the, the, you know, the deflating dinghy in the ocean is, I'm alone. I have to do this alone. This is completely against everything I've ever done. And what it's reminiscent of is being alone as a child and thinking, if this doesn't work, I'm all alone. Now, that's not true, obviously, right? You're older, you know, you connections, blah, blah, blah. But, but that's why we don't leave. 
we don't leave. We'd rather put up with all the, the refusal of us, really, is what it is. The abandonment of us in order to feel connected to something. Even if it's all wrong, it's something that you know. It's familiar. It's the, the familiar refusal is still a connection, which is bizarre. Right? We accommodate to the refusal of us. We make them right. We authorize them with power. We make stories up about them. We excuse them. I mean, I can't believe, I can't even tell you how, I mean, I could have been an amazing lawyer of all the reasons why they worked when they were absolutely had nothing to give. They were scared themselves. They were low self-esteem. I mean, they had all the, you know, there was nothing there. There was no one there in either of them. They were children playing grown-ups, right? They couldn't hack it. They were not prepared in psychologically, in any way to deal with that, but they put themselves in that situation for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. The fact is that you have to refuse yourself to accommodate to all the you know, misaligned versions of someone else. So, you know, you're, you're, you're making up stories, you're connecting, you're finding a reason to stay there, you're trying to fix them, you're trying to, you know, I, you know, basically hit a fucking volcanic eruption, you know, by refusing it. All this abuse in these underground tunnels. So I could protect them. I remember <clears throat> one of the uh, shamans said to me, why the fuck, why are you protecting these people? Why are you protecting them? And I didn't understand what she meant. But I now I fully do, having seen what I had to see. So, you know, you're, the, the thing that you built, mine was, you know, I have to protect them because I knew they were weak there and I have to fix them. And if it means I have to go and be abused, well, I'm gonna hide that so I can continue to, they can eat. So all of that becomes your focus of attention and energy. All of that noise. But the most important piece of you, which you should be focusing on under all of that, is that little child that was abandoned. That's really the focus of your attention. That's what needs to be healed. But of course, that was completely, you know, uh, sidelined by, you know, the washing machine you were put in and all the issues of, you know, trying to fix that because they're never coming for you. You know that. Again, it's like the first day. If they're not arriving the first day, they're never coming up. You can't tell someone to be something they're not. They're gonna show up as they are unless they've done a lot of ayahuasca, right? And they've done a lot of healing. But in the end, these codes are huge, right? So these people are already, they've already been imprinted by these, you know, I think about horses, you know, when they, you sear their, um, their hoofs on, right? It's, it's like, 
Well, these poor people in the camps in Germany, like the numbers are seared into their skin. It's the same way with this imprinting on people. These, these codes, are, they're seared into their system, right? Just from my own journey, I can see how difficult it is in seven years of doing the medicine and looking at this thing upside down, inside out and being dissolved day after day after day, you know, and I'm a willing participant in the desire to dissolve and it's tough. So, you know, you're not going to change. They're not going to be someone else. And I think that's one of the most powerful things about the medicine is that you get to, because you yourself, your imprinting is dissolved little by little, that you then separate from, you, you're ex extricated from those very powerful energetic sewers that were built in. And that's when we can turn around and say, I, you know, I'm not going to change that person. I can see them for who they are. I don't need anything from them. You know, they weren't a mother. That's fine. I don't need them now. I, I will never need them because they will never show up. And I can see them for the limitations of who they are. And I can appreciate and love them for that. In that moment, you're free. I don't have any of the energetic bonds that I had before of I have to save her and I have to, it's just my, she's my responsibility and that's kind of gone. I mean, I feel compassion for her. I feel sadness that, you know, she too was sort of caught up in this place, right? That she too was sort of stalked as a, as a young woman and she was, you know, very naive, etc. So, but it's very different. It's a very different feeling to being in the sewer when you're just focusing on them and avoiding you. <clears throat> when you shift that and you're actually focused on, you know, on actually dissolving the layers that you have within you and then you extricate yourself from that energetic field in which you were raised, etc. Um, you're extricated. So you can actually, the, the, the medicine is empowering you. It's growing your seed. So in that growth and, and the, in the acceptance of all of these truths, you're no longer connected, right? I don't need to go fix her. I don't. You know, I can see her for who she is, and I can forgive her because I'm no longer connected energetically. Right? That's the great thing about the medicine is, and it was. By the way, it's not a tough. It's not an easy thing to turn around and say I forgive you. I mean, I said cunt for at least three years. I mean, I was so angry at them. I was so buried. Right? That. Um. But as a medicine, and you're fighting, I mean, I was fighting even the last ceremony. It's like, really, do I need to do this? It's like, yeah, you have to do this. It's done, right? So being deprogrammed from all of this, I suppose it's what it's like, um, is your willingness to trust the medicine so hard. And it's really like this trust. It's like really 
that it she gives you and I say it's a she it could be whatever it is for you but for me it's like a woman she gave me the the cushion or the loving so I could so trust the medicine that I could I could reveal myself to myself truly I could never reveal myself to myself it would be terrifying to see all of this but because I had the ally of this insane and wonderful spirit plant spirit I was able to truly see my see everything that had happened because I, I had this incredible ally I would never have done that because there'd be nothing that's the t- that's the terror of a child the terror of a child is it's either this or nothing it's either this horrific situation which I have to make which I have to normalize or death there's no you know for a child that they see you know, there's either oblivion or this thing. So this thing is it. I'm going to make this thing work. And I'm going to make myself a hero in this story of horror. And, you know, I'm going to save them and because they can't make it and hack it. And there's all this massive sort of cover-up. But what's really the issue is that little girl, that little boy that was just dropped off and just left to wither alone and never got the fuel of love, the fuel of connection, the fuel of reflection. That's what you're ultimately heading for. That's what's really at the end of this massive odyssey, this treacherous journey, is to that little boy, to that little girl. And We've severed from it. We've severed from my little girl. I remember specifically walking on a beach in Spain with a little baby in my arms. This is many, many years ago. And thinking, I want to throw this baby into the ocean. Like, what? Huh? Where did that thought come from? Well, I just didn't... I hated my little girl. I couldn't feel... You know, a baby was... was an anathema to me. It was wrong because I couldn't, I I wouldn't let myself feel my little girl, my little boy. So I'd severed from it. So I wanted to throw this baby in the ocean because, I mean, it was crazy when I had, I mean, I would never do that. But like this thought just popped into my head. Well, it was a thought of myself hating myself, refusing because they had refused me. They had rejected my childhood. My childhood was a nuisance for them. It just became more of a problem, a problem they couldn't fix. There was something wrong with being a child, right? So I myself did the same thing to my own child. I hated on my child for being weak, for being a fucking child. Because they couldn't deal with it. They couldn't deal with my little girl and all her needs. So there was something wrong in my system about being a needy little girl. Duh, I've just the fuck shown up. Right? It's your fucking responsibility. If you fucked this person and you popped out these kids, not my problema. Your job is to look after me. But because they refused that task, that means I had to refuse my child in myself. 
And that's why I wanted to throw that little baby into the ocean. Because as they had hated on, they had refused my child. I had refused my child. There is something wrong about you having these needs as a child. You need to be loved. You need to be looked after. No, you can't have any of that. <coughs> you need to be seen. No. Not acceptable. You better shut all that out and hurry up and save us. That's basically it. Right, so these are all these extraordinarily powerful forces that unchecked and unseen keep you severed. And what you really don't want to see and what, you know, this refusal of you is doing is forming the war. It's really the barrier that's a gateway to that little child, right? To that little vulnerable child that just wants to be looked after and loved and blossomed. The Indians call it the Wakanisha. You know, the Indians treated their children like gods because they understood it came from source. It comes, we come from source. We're a gift. We're an expression of the everything. Right? We need to be loved and seen and grown like, like a precious... I mean, I see so many people on the street in New York who treat their dogs, you know, and great, like they're human beings. Like, but then a baby is just like kicked about like, it, you know, it has no relevance. But you've gotten all your insurance for your dogs. And it's like, you know, I get it. And no shade on dogs. But boy, if we could treat, treat ourselves, our little children, like some people treat their dogs, I'm just like, that would be a great start right there. Right? It's that reverence for life, that reverence for the sacred, which is what we can, what we all are. But we reject, right? That's what I was told. That's wrong. To have those feelings, that need, that's a nuisance. You know, that's a problem. That I have to feed you, that's a problem. I can't even cope with myself, let alone two kids. So you better hurry up and, you know, put all that away. And by the way, we're going to send you out to be abused because we don't have any money. And it seems like here's an option. So they reject in, for whatever reason. And again, it doesn't really matter. I'm just explaining mine. Everybody has their, you know, everybody has their own little thingy, right? It's the, the, the refusal and the rejection. And one of the magnificent pieces of this is this self-love, this love for your little girl, this love for your little boy, the sweetness, you know, the same sweetness that you give to your own child if you have children you know is a sweetness that you give to yourself and you you let yourself be that little girl that little boy you you know you nurture that little boy you you, you allow for it to to weep its pain within you right you allow for it to feel its aloneness its sadness and you're there for it right you're there you're no longer accepting this 
belief that you shouldn't exist or you need to be something else or, you know, no, you, you let it be scared. You know, you allow it to express its feelings. Um, as I said, one of the things that with me in this sort of new realm of having extricated myself from this sewer of, you know, energy is this, this realignment and the realignment begins with the letting your little child express itself and to feel the sadness of your little child and to feel the fear of it, right? And to be there. In, in another world, I would never, ever accept any feelings of sadness or or in my, in, in my world, it was weakness, you know, to feel yourself as to be weak. You're not strong enough, right? So I let myself be that little child and express its fear. And um, as I'm working on this new project, which has got nothing to do with anything, like it's all a completely new world for me, but it's what is important to me, it feels right, right, is... This feeling I'm doing something new on my own. It's not attached to any of these old energies at all. And of course, it's, it, it, you know, you're going to come to the same place you are as a child, which is I'm outside of that energetic vortex. You know, one of the reasons you stayed in the sewer is because you need to feel connected. So you're going to feel the same feelings when you start this new path because it's like the same as when you were a child. You know, there is no one, I'm going to do this all on my own, I'm no longer part of this. All the same feelings will come up. Which is a marvellous thing, because then you're allowing, you're allowing that to be opened up. You're allowing your little child to, um, to show up, and then you can love and nurture that within you. So in this new path, it's I'm not only am I embarking something which... I don't know how it's going to end, I don't know, but it feels right to me, right? It feels honest and true, it feels aligned. By doing that is also by accepting your soul, your truth, and all the feelings of sorrow of your little child, right? When you're accepting you, you're accepting all of you. You're accepting, most importantly your little child that was rejected. And that little child is going to feel fear and the sadness of being dumped, of being abandoned. But your strength is, in, is allowing those feelings to come up and nurturing that little child and saying, you know what, this is who we are, this is what we're gonna do, this is what we feel is right, and you know, you're just going to trust that. That is your power. You see, your power was wiped out the minute your child was refused, the minute your child was abandoned, the minute your child was just dumped. That's where your power was refused. That's where you had no access anymore. You can't just skip... You know, it's like nature. You can't skip adulthood. You can't skip not being a child. You can't. There, there's a natural order and progress to being a child. 
right? It's a natural progression of arrival, blossoming, nurturing, you know, teenage years, independence, etc., etc., etc. You can't interfere and say, wipe, you know, you're going to wipe out childhood and that's it. You can't do that. Or injure a child by refusing it, by screaming at it, by injuring it. Because you just take all the engines off. That's it. It's like you just... It's like doing an equation when half of the equation is missing. You're never going to get an answer. There's never going to be an equal at the end. Equal nothing because half the equation is in the dark is unknown. Right? They talk about these, the, you know, the elegant mathematics of theoretical physics. You can do it in math, but you can't manifest it, which is what I talk about in the medicine. You're actually manifesting what's in those elegant math, in that elegant mathematics. Yeah, but you're not going to get an outcome. You're never going to, if half of you is missing or the most vital piece of you is missing, which is the rooting, which is the moment the seed shows up and you're gonna flower that into existence. You can't go, oops, no, fuck that, you can't be a kid, I don't care about you, you're not important, I'm important. I need to be taken care of, I need to be fixed. You're just a nuisance, shit, I've gotta take care of you, okay, I'll do that. But this childhood thing, forget that. Or you're abused or whatever. I mean, everything was upside down. They took me to be abused when I was four, like, really? An interference? That's not an interference. That's a fucking car crash. That's it's over, right? So I could feed them. That's insane. I mean, that's completely. So you can see the warpedness of all of you in that. You don't realize how disfigured you are, right? A parent hurting a child on arrival. It's a warped disfigurement. It's it's a an embroidery that has its you know somebody shot like a fucking cannonball through it, right? You've been electrocuted into non-existence. And then you've got to build all this weird persona around this. It's like being a, you know, Chernobyl and saying, I'm going to plant flowers here. But it's fucking Chernobyl, right? It was eradicated on arrival. Oh, yeah, but I'm going yeah, to accept that. And I'm still going to build something in the, in the refusal of, of the, you know, of the huge accident. Well, you can't build anything there until that's healed. So everything that you've built on top of it is kind of like a very fragile structure. And one of the things that I <laughs> um, never really fully gave credit to is all the energy that you need to use to refuse the horror of the event. So not only are you carrying the event itself, whatever it is, whether you were screamed at, hurt, whatever, abused. So first of all, that's already like carpet bombing your whole fucking um, energetic field. But then you have to use your own energy to pretend that didn't happen or to refuse that, right? It's like, <clears throat> it's like the house is on fire like, and, and the fire keeps raging because it doesn't stop because 
it doesn't get put out, it just gets refused. So there's a house on fire, and then I have to build a huge structure to around the house that's on fire, but the house will always be on fire because that doesn't go away. That energy doesn't disappear because it's it's completely disfigured you and it's and you may and as the shamans say, you may be able to hide trauma in the life force originally because the life force is very powerful but ultimately when that life force comes down that that house on fire will now become a whole fucking continent on fire and i'll get some disease and die but anyway so you've got the event house on fire then you're building a whole brick wall around the house that's on fire that's a whole other energy and then i have to build a version of myself which is completely and utterly wrong to make them happy it's all wrong right which is a falsehood, which has no power because its original power was taken. It's just a, you know, a very badly made mannequin or one of these kind of Japanese robots, very badly made, that's mouthing a few things now and again, right? All of it, but all of it has to be and, and then it solidifies, like you think this is it. Like, oh, this is a great life, right? You've covered it up with a few flowers on top. Like, oh, you know. Once you go into the medicine, the medicine just rips out your two little daisies and goes, right, okay, let's look at this and just whoosh. And you have to go through all these things. You have to go through all these truths and unearth them and live in these sewers. And But when you come down to it, the real problem, the real, the missing jigsaw piece or the, the, the thing that is the thing you don't want to face. Yes, I can face being an underground pedophile. That's horrific. I can do that in the medicine. I can, I can be told off by the medicine because I gave secrets away when I was in these horrible places. I can see that these people were completely useless and they themselves were victims and they were, you know... They weren't white enough and they weren't, they were infantilized. But the worst thing of all, I can do all of that with difficulty, not easily, but I'm willing. But what's the most difficult is the final piece, which is the little child that sits there, terrified and abandoned. Like a Another piece of garbage just thrown out, just sitting there, completely alone, completely severed from this family it's shown up to and from divinity. It's like in a no man's land, right? And what shows up through the plants is divinity, whatever you want to call it, Jessica, Jonathan, Goose, it doesn't matter. Whatever this intelligence is, it doesn't have any outline. It's, it can make anything. It can make a black hole or a seahorse or you. It's, it's, the, it's in the air. It's in the light, whatever. This thing, what, what's showing up is this magnificent thing, divinity, 
the I call it the Navy Seal. It comes in to take you through the journey back to see everything, to unearth it, to remove you from this energetic sewer and to bring you back to that moment that you've never wanted to feel. And in fact, in the very first ayahuasca ceremony I was in, it was made very clear to me in two very clear moments. Literally, the moment the Ikeros started I was like, it was like a password into a world I had left behind. Like, I, it was like I was home. And in the first moment, I was a little bird. I was one with everything. I was connected to the whole universe. It was so beautiful. It was, and, and I was shown I was one with everything. And that lasted for about two seconds. It was longer, but it, enough for me to understand. And then, there was my little girl who'd just been abused or had for the first time felt the very thing I'm feeling now, which is this unbelievable loneliness and fear of being alone and not trusting its own compass. That moment I was severed from myself and I don't think it even started in being sent out to be abused. It started within my own family when they themselves decided that my being a child was a problem. When that was refused within my own family because they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle themselves. They certainly weren't going to handle a child and its needs. So the minute they said those needs, shut them down. It's that refusal on arrival. And then everything else was just more and more terror. It was just a building up of terror. But it's that moment when you're severed from the everything, when you're in that deflating dinghy in the middle of the night and you're surrounded by these huge waves and sharks. That's basically what it is. It's that overwhelm of pure terror. No one's coming. You're alone. You're going to die. And you decide, I'm, they've given up on me. I'm giving up on me. I'm going to accommodate. Which was that, I want to throw that baby into the ocean feeling is like it's the thing that if they have refused you you have refused yourself you have built that wall to your own little child to its feelings to its needs you won't allow yourself to feel that because they have refused you but it's that little girl, little boy that's trapped there. You've abandoned yourself. I abandoned my little girl. That's what I was told. Whatever that is, it's wrong. I gave up on me. And then authorize them. 
authorize the refusal of me. That's what you're doing. You're authorizing the no of you by saying, okay, well, this has no value. What has value is covering all of these feelings up and accepting all that they do to me, no matter how awful. That's the trick. And that's the most difficult piece to get to and the most difficult piece to accept because they themselves made them, made them as the priority of your life, not you. And they're like, well, we were refused, so, you know, I'm going to refuse you. Like, you know, hey, what's the matter? I, you know, shit happened to me growing up. Fuck you, right? I don't care. Take care of us. That's what you're truly terrified of reliving. It's not them, leaving them. No. What you're really terrified of feeling is that place where there's no one. That's why you entertain all the shit around you. You know, all this... I can't even tell you. I mean, again, no shade on them. I chose them, but... Really horrible people. Selfish uncaring shitbags, basically. And by the way, no shade on them. I, you know, I attract them because that's what I grew up with. It's okay to accept this behavior. You know, you must su submit to it. You must authorize it. You must make it work. They're not shitbags. That's just how the world is. You need to put up with that and submit and adjust and not challenge it. So what you're doing is then you're attracting what you know, which are basically narcissists who are broken and fucked up because you're going to keep recreating the same kingdom. And then, and every time you redo that, what you're doing is there's more and more refusal of your little boy, your little girl, and the power that lives there. The power is the thing that's been removed. It's your power. It's your alignment. It's your connection with the everything. So I need to throw a bomb into that and terrify that so it never works. It never connects. It never regains its momentum. Because your power is being aligned with your heart. And that's what loving families do. They, they grow that connection with your heart when they love you, right? If I love you for being you, wow, you're so connected to your heart. You're made valuable and valid and sacred and you're revered right? And that just grows, that roots, and that just, there's no obstacles there. But in the other place, where you're basically, they, set, they throw Molotov cocktails into your childhood by disfiguring their energetic field in some way, by refusing you, by abusing you, whatever, there's nothing to grow. It's a scorched earth. All you're doing is living in reference 
to the people that have never seen or loved you. Like to strangers. I'm building a version on myself to somebody else's fucked upness. And to wake up to their fucked upness is just one of the few steps of this journey. Which takes a long time because you don't want to see them for who they truly are. You don't want to feel that rage. You don't want to feel that sort of like, um, ugh, like, oh my God, that's who they are? Fuck, right? That discomfort with the truth of them. Or this discomfort of the people that you have around you. I certainly have, you know, I've had lots of clients that I've horrific. And now I'm like, ugh, what? I submitted to that, right? I accepted that, that disgusting behavior. And by the way, it's not for me to rally against them. I chose them, right? I chose them in the same way I chose as a child to accept them over me. I chose to agree and to refuse my little child and to accept that I wasn't worthy of love or that I was a nuisance or that my job was to take care of them. I chose them over me in the same way I chose these assholes. They were assholes. Everybody's a right to be an asshole. So I can't yell and scream at them because I chose them from where I was created, from where I was built, right? So it's of no value to me to go, oh, you fucking ass, ah. that doesn't solve anything. I chose them, right? I think one of the most difficult things in this whole journey is to be searingly honest with who you are, what you've chosen, how you've accommodated. And that's the most difficult thing is to wake up and go like, oh my God, I chose all of this. This is where I am. I can't blame where I am on anyone else. What I can do, and the most powerful thing I can do, is wake up from it, right? That's what the medicine does. It wakes you up. I'm not going to blame this client that I chose, right? I'm not going to blame this friend that I, I chose. I'm not going to turn around and go, you know, you're this, you're that. I chose you. I need to take responsibility. And if you're really covered up in a lot of shit, you can't see any of it, the first thing you're going to do is blame them. I can't, you know. All I can do is respond to the truth. If I've been authorizing everybody and making everything okay my whole fucking life, because that's what I learned, then when I wake up and I'm like, you know, basically veils up, surfs up, right? You know, those pretty people that you invented are really kind of shitty monsters. Well, that's what they always were. That you've been trying to change them and reconfigure them and trying to make them to be what they're not, etc. Well, that's on you, right? And that's what 
that's your, when I say it's on you, it's your strategy. My strategy for survival is I'm going to reposition this. It's like what they do in businesses, right? We're going to pivot. It's not going well this way. Let's pivot another way. Right? You have to fall from that pedestal. It's a long fall. Because usually, the, you know, the bigger the, the front, the bigger the back. Mine was a very long, it was like a kick off a cliff, literally, by the universe. It's a long way down. It's been a long trip down. That was a very big height that I put myself on to cover this shit up. Now, at the very bottom of this, is this little girl is the little girl I rejected because they rejected. Unloved, uncared for, terrified. That's my main priority. That's what I need to feel. That's who I need to connect to. That's where my power is. In the thing that was rejected, in the soul, that was refused. What am I going to lose? I'm going to do that little girl, right? Her needs. That's where all my power resides. And that's where your power is stolen. When someone says no to your divinity, when someone interferes in that natural evolution, Will you be scared doing you? Of course you will be. It'll bring up all the feelings of being alone. But there's something else going on. First of all, you're connected to the medicine, which is a major ally. And secondly, is that this is all you can do. This is the most authentic version of you. They reflected all of their unresolved shit on you. For me, in my case, it was all their lack of self-esteem. It was all their cover-up for all their shit. That's what was thrown onto me. That was the, the suffocation piece. It's not me. I never got to use my power. I never got to walk my own path. You're just buried, right? By somebody else's needs and whatever. So that's what the extrication is. The extrication when you're being pulled out of that huge energetic shit show and sewer of other people and you're taken out and cleansed and you're plonked back on solid ground, what she's extricating is that little girl, that little boy. I remember in one particular image that came to me very powerfully, it was like I was under all this rubble. Like there had been a hundred earthquakes and she'd taken all the, the medicine had taken away all the, the stones and bricks and there I was. She'd come to find me. There I, that's where that little girl was left. Alone in this huge, terrifying place. the abandonment of you. You can't live 
you, there will be no success in your life. And I mean success not in the monetary sense, I'm connection to you, if you're not connected to yourself. It's just, and if someone doesn't accept you, and especially if that's a parent, or they interfere or they abuse you, they've basically thrown you into the garbage dump. It's almost like somebody takes a bite out of an apple and they just throws it into the garbage. Oh, it's, you know, it's bruised. Yeah, that's it. I don't want it. Let me go get another one. That's how little regard and sacredness is ours. We use and abuse each other like we're just, you know, another throwaway Starbucks cup completely oblivious to all the sacredness that we are. The power that we have when we're connected. So this journey may start out as one thing. Perhaps you start out, I certainly did, not knowing what the fuck was going on. And every ceremony thinking this must be it. It will never be it until you arrive to your original condition, the moment that you were severed. It is that moment that you've been avoiding throughout all of this. It is that moment of terror and horror that you will stick a needle in your arm to avoid. Because you know in that moment that there's no one there. And that sense of exposure and terror is terrifying when you realize that the predator, the predator is the parent, when actually the parent should be here to protect you from the predator. It is that terror and aloneness, that initial overwhelm in, in your whole system that you've been avoiding, that you have to relive. And from that moment on, you know, tend to that little child. Everything else can, like, basically disappear, right? All of it, every layer that you've covered yourself with will be collapsed. So you can get to that one moment. And in that one moment, you finally show up for you. That's the gift. Bye!